Okay, brothers and sisters, uh, we are now at the final chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, which means this is our last opportunity to study this book. Well, maybe I should not say our last opportunity, at least in this part of our episode Bible history project, we're going to end or finish the book of Deuteronomy, which is Deuteronomy chapter 34. We're not surprised that in chapter 34, the topic that is covered is the death of Yahuwah God's leader. His name, of course, is Moses. So we will look at the death of Moses, what we can learn from his life, the legacy that he left the people of Israel with. So before Moses actually dies or passes away, what was the command of Yahuwah God to him? Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 34, 1 to 3. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And Yahuwah showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. So before Yahuwah lays to rest Moses the prophet, what does Yahuwah instruct him to, to do? To go up to Mount Nebo, and there, as he climbed Pishgah Peak, what was he able to see? The whole promised land. You see, before Yahuwah God would lay to rest Moses, he wants him to see the whole land. And there on Mount Nebo in Pishga Peak, he would get the opportunity from that high vantage point to see the whole land of the promised Israel. And so what does that look like? Well, if we go to Israel today, this is where Mount Nebo is at. From that vantage point, you can see that you can basically see the whole land of Israel. As a matter of fact, if we go there today, you might even see this relic. Of course, this was not the actual uh, relic itself, but this is a representation of what Yahuwah God instructed Moses to do. Remember this, the bronze the serpent. What, this, what did this point to, by the way? It pointed to Yahusha Hamashiach. And so there are tourist spots where you get to climb Pisgah Peak and look at what Moses saw. That would be something, wouldn't it? To be able to see the whole land of Israel from Mount Nebo. And so Yahuwah instructs Moses to go there and to look at the promised land. Then what did Yahuwah God say to Moses? Verse 4, then Yahuwah said to Moses, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. And so Yahuwah God tells him, you can see the land. This is the promised land that I promised to give uh, to Abraham and his descendants. But now that you've seen it, I will not allow you to enter the land. Do you still remember why Yahuwah God decreed that Moses will not lead the people of Israel into the promised land? We know he made a big mistake, right? He committed an error. And because of this error, Yahuwah God decided and decreed he would not be able to enter the land. Well, what was that error? I think when we look at the life of Moses, 
There are certain things that we need to pick out, the highlights of this life by which we can learn from, both the good and the bad, because that's part of what legacy represents, right? We need to learn from the life of every individual. And so when we look at Moses, we know he was a great prophet. However, he also was a human being like you and I. As human beings, they do make mistakes, right? Even the great leaders of God's people in the past, like David, like Solomon, like Abraham, Moses was the same. He was a human being. And so he made a mistake. What can we learn from the mistake of Moses? Really briefly, this was commanded by Yahuwah God for Moses to do. You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there. And it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. And so what we read is about Yahuwah God's instruction to Moses and Aaron to provide water for the people of Israel. And the instruction is pretty easy to understand, right? I mean, if we were recipients of this command, we would probably be able to do it. What was the command of Yahuwah God? He said, speak to the rock. Very specific. They were instructed to speak to a certain rock. And as they do so, water will pour out from it to feed the community of the people of God. Simple command. However, what did Moses do instead? Let's read Numbers 20, 10 to 11. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen. You rebels, he shouted, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. And so instead of speaking to the rock, what did Moses do to the rock? He used his staff and twice he struck the rock. Yes, Water came out of the rock. However, later on, Yahuwah tells Moses, because of his unfaithful act, because he did not give glory to Yahuwah God, Yahuwah God says he will not enter the promised land. You might be saying to yourself, it seems like a pretty harsh consequence or punishment because all he simply did was hit the rock twice. However, we know the significance of what the rock represented, right? What did the rock represent? Yahusha. It was a prophetic statement that was played out, being played out in this incidence. But Moses did not follow the instructions. You see, there's something we have to understand about being people of God. Because we have been privileged to be entrusted with the words of Abba. We have a great responsibility to fulfill them because there are people who have this thinking that if we belong to the people of God, then Yahuwah God will be more merciful to you if you commit sin. No. Yes, Yahuwah God is merciful. But the more we know about him and about his words, the more responsibility we have to obey the commands of God. This is why as we receive the commands of God, we need to do our best to obey the teachings God has given to us. So we need to learn about this mistake because we might be guilty of committing the same mistake, right? I mean, look at the pattern. Look at what is involved 
which is why Moses fell for this mistake. What was it that he did? Well, he struck the rock twice. Do you know why he struck the rock twice? Because previously, when this happened to Israel, remember, what did Yahuwah God instruct Moses to do? To struck the rock and water will come out. But this time, Yahuwah God changed his command. Instead of striking the rock, all you have to do is speak to the rock. And so that's lesson number one. We have to be careful when it comes to the command of Yahuwah God. Is this command for us? What is the specific part of this command that is related for us? We need to know that because Moses assumed, and it's a dangerous thing to assume, right? Moses assumed that what was done before should also be done right now. And so we as people of God, living now before judgment day comes, we must understand that what was done before may not be applicable today. And so we need to understand what Moses' mistake was. He assumed that the way it was done before was also applicable today. So we have to be careful when it comes to the teachings of God. Additionally, what also can we notice? Because remember, as we continue to grow in faith, what Yahuwah God expects from us is that we will also learn to live by faith. As human beings, we always long for something tangible, right? Something that we can see. For example, if we want to be assured of salvation, we want to see our name in a certain registry. Because when you see something, it gives you tangible proof that you are going to be saved. But what Yahuwah God wants us to do is to be trained to rely completely upon faith. Before, it was striking the rock. Now, it was simply speaking to the rock. It was a progress of faith to go from striking it, a tangible aspect that you can do, to speaking it, which requires a lot more faith. And so we need to be aware of that. Yahuwah God wants us to grow in faith and to grow all the more dependent upon his specific commands. And so because of his mistake, Yahuwah God says to him, I will allow you to see uh, the promised land with your eyes, but you will not enter the land. So we know that Moses eventually dies, right? Now, before a, when a, once a person dies and a person is buried, usually they have a tombstone, right? And on the tombstone, you have what is called an epitaph, which is basically a summary about who the person is, a one-line statement. If you were to if you were given the task of describing Moses, the man who set free the people of Israel, using those words as an epitaph for him, what would you choose? Now, before we answer that question, if you were given the opportunity to select an epitaph for your tombstone, what would you put? What would you say? What is it about you that you are so proud of? You want others to remember you by that. What do you want people to, you rem to, to remember you as? It's an epitaph. Moses. I mean, what did Yahuwah God want people to remember him as? Well, if you were given the chance uh, to come up with something, what would it be? Would it be Prince of Egypt? Sounds nice. 
right? Sounds very uh, royal, right? Prince of Egypt. How about this one? Liberator of Israel. Is that better? Probably better, right? How about this one? Miracle worker, Moses. Miracle worker. Sounds good too, doesn't it? Because after all, Moses did perform many miracles, right? What else? How about great prophet? That sounds nice too. Moses, the great prophet. How about that? Well, how about this one? Moses, the lawgiver. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds good too. How about this one? Moses, the messenger. Sounds, sound good? I mean, these are all epitaphs that sound really, really applicable to Moses. If you were given a choice among these six, what would you choose? What do you think would best describe Moses? What would it be? Would it be miracle worker, great prophet, lawgiver, maybe mediator, the old covenant? What would it be? What would you choose? Lawgiver, maybe? Yeah? I wonder what Yahuwah God chose. If it was up to him, right? What would it be? How would he want Moses to be remembered? How would we want to be remembered? Let's read Deuteronomy 34, verse 5. Moses, what does this say? Servant of Yahuwah died there in the land of Moab, just as Yahuwah had said. And so if there would be an epitaph written for Moses, if there was something that Yahuwah God wants to remember in the life of Moses for people to appreciate, what is it? The Bible says that he, Moses, is the servant of God. Yes, he was a prophet. Yes, he was a lawgiver. Yes, he did miracles. But what he would be most proud of is to be called servant of Yahuwah. But you know what? Not many people would prefer that, right? What do people like, especially nowadays? They prefer the nice sounding titles right? People like titles, precedent, coordinator, lead something. We like titles, but our King Yahushua seems to me he doesn't like titles. This is why, this is what he said in Matthew 23, 8 to 12, you must not be called teacher because you are all equal and have only one teacher. You must not call anyone here on earth father because you have only one father in heaven. Nor should you be called leader because your one and only leader is the Messiah. The greatest one among you must be your servant. Whoever makes himself great will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be made great. And so if we are to look at our life, what should we want to be remembered for? Above all things, what we should aspire for is that we will be known as servants of Yahuwah God and servants of Yahusha HaMashiach. Those titles mean nothing. The most important thing we can do, brethren, most important thing we can do, the greatest thing we can do is to be a servant of the Most High, Yahuwah God, and His beloved Son, Yahusha HaMashiach. If we are able to say that, it doesn't matter how many possessions we have, how many titles we have, how many PhDs we have. All that becomes irrelevant. What matters in the end, whose servant were you really? 
Were you servant of Yahuwah God? Were you servant of Yahushua HaMashiach? Or were you servant of yourself? And so brethren, let us seek to please Yahuwah God and seek to please Yahushua HaMashiach. And so Moses became known as the servant of Yahuwah. And so after he died, who buried him? Deuteronomy 34, 6, he buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. And so there's a cloud of mystery uh, concerning the grave of Moses. I'm sure there have been many people from the past, and perhaps even today, who would probably go to Mount Nebo and do some grave digging, right? And maybe do some archaeological work, try to uncover the bones of Moses, but they're not going to find it because it was God who buried him in Moab. And according to this passage, it seems to suggest that Yahuwah God does not want his body to be found because he hid it. No one knows where his grave is. Interestingly, though, concerning the body of Moses, not only the archaeologists are, are the only ones who are interested in it, it seems that even the angels, the spirit beings of heaven are interested in this body of Moses. The book of Jude, 1 verse 9, but even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. And so it wasn't just archaeologists who were interested in the body of Moses, who also was interested in the body of Moses. The devil, right? This is why Michael was arguing with the devil about the body of Moses. Now, what would the devil do with the body of Moses? What do you think? He would use it somehow to deceive people. Okay, how so? I don't know. But apparently, there was a dispute about an argument about the body of Moses. And so something mysterious about the body of Moses. Uh, and so Yahuwah God buries him somewhere in Mount Nebo. How old was he when he died? The book of Deuteronomy 34.7. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as Ever. And so he did not become weakly and sickly. He lived a vibrant, virile life. He was thriving physically. Even at 120, his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. And so Yahuwah God blessed him. Yahuwah God showed him the promised land. And Yahuwah God blessed him with health and strength. But Yahuwah did not permit him to enter the promised land. So after he died, uh, what did Israel do? At Verse 8, uh, the people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. So there was a custom among Hebrew people that when someone died, there was a period of mourning. How long did it last for? 30 days. And so they mourned 30 days for Moses. But before Moses died, instructions were already given to appoint a successor for Moses. Who was that? Deuteronomy 34, 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, doing just as Yahuwah had commanded Moses. And so Moses was instructed to lay his hands upon Joshua. 
Joshua would be the instrument to bring the people of Israel into the promised land. So he would be the deliverer. Uh, and that's why his name was Joshua. His name before that was what? Hosea. It was turned into Joshua because in the English transliteration of that Hebrew word, which is, which is transliterated, which is translated Joshua, is actually what? Yahushua. And so Joshua would somehow symbolize the true deliverer of the people of Israel, Yahushua. Hamashiach. And so Moses died. And as the book of Deuteronomy closes, what were the final words concerning uh, Moses? Deuteronomy 34.10, there, uh, there has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom Yahuwah knew face to face. And so among the prophets, Moses had the distinction of having a close and personal relationship with Yahuwah our God. As a matter of fact, Moses spoke face to face with Yahuwah. And so with other prophets, Yahuwah would show dreams and visions. Not so with Moses. With Moses, Yahuwah spoke to him face to face. Not only that, why else was there no other prophet in Israel like Moses? Deuteronomy 34, 11, 12. These are the final passages of the book of Deuteronomy. Yahuwah sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. With mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. And so when we think about Moses and the authority that was given to him, you have to remember, he was given the commandments, right? Yahuwah God spoke to him face to face. Yahuwah God summoned him apart to Mount Sinai to become the law giver. The Bible says Yahuwah God used him in a powerful way to show miracles never seen before in the history of humanity. So when you think about the accomplishments of Moses, when you think about the authority of Moses and his friendship with Yahuwah Abba, you would think that Yahuwah, uh, you would think that Moses would be one who is proud, right? But one of the most important aspects of Moses that we need to understand and also apply in our life is despite the fact that he was so close to Yahuwah, our God, despite the fact that he was given so much authority and power, the power of God is given to him. Despite that, what do we know and understand about Moses? The Bible says in 12.3 of Numbers, now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. And so it's something that we need to grasp as well. Because remember what Yahushua HaMashiach said, those who aspire to be great must humble themselves. You see, Yahushua cannot really use a person who is proud and arrogant, Okay. Because if we are proud and arrogant and we are to be used by Yahuwah and Yahusha, what would happen to us? Our proud and arrogance would lead us to disaster. It would lead us astray. And we see this happening all the time, right? You praise someone, what happens to them the next day? Oh, they go astray. With Moses, it was different. Yahuwah God gave him so many experiences 
yet he did not become proud. Instead, the Bible says he was humble, more humble than any person, any other person on earth. Do you know how Moses showed his humility? Well, two times, Yahuwah God tested him. Yahuwah God gave him the opportunity to become, instead of the people of Abraham, it would be the people of Moses. Did you know that? Twice that almost happened. When was the first time? The golden calf incident. Remember the golden calf incident? When Moses went down after going to Mount Sinai and Aaron built a golden calf and the people of Israel worshipped it. What did Yahuwah God want to do with the people of Israel? He wanted to exterminate them. And Yahuwah God said to Moses, I'm going to start a, a people with you. It will be your people, Moses. No longer Abraham, but you. Moses said no. He pleaded on behalf of the people of Israel. He pleaded Yahuwah God not to exterminate the people of Israel. And of course, Yahuwah God ad, uh, admired that about Moses. Okay. And the other incident was Kadesh Barnea. Remember what happened to Kadesh Barnea? And Joshua and Caleb, when they told the people of Israel, let's occupy the promised land. Yes, there are giants there, but we have the promise of Yahuwah God. Yahuwah will deliver them to us because of his promise. And what did the people of Israel do? They wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb. At that point, what did Yahuwah God say to Moses? He said to Moses, I'm going to kill all the people of Israel. Moses, I want to start new with you. You will become the father of many nations. And what did Moses say? No, give him another chance. You see the humility of Moses? This is why the Bible says, despite the power, the authority that was given to him, his most, his greatest, we should say, character, characteristic is his humility. Because as a humble person, he was able to take care of the people of God. He did not let that power and authority get into his head. Yeah, he made mistakes. He made mistakes. But at the end of it all, he is the servant of Yahuwah, filled with humility, which is why he became a great leader, leading the people of God. We should learn that about Moses. And this is why in Deuteronomy 34, 10, there has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom Yahuwah knew face to face. Joshua was not it, but Joshua also pointed to another person, right? And not only that, before Moses died, there was a promise that Yahuwah God gave to Moses. What was that promise? Deuteronomy 18, 18 to 19, Yahuwah says, I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. And so before Moses even died, what was his promise to Moses and to the people of Israel? He will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. What is noteworthy about this prophet that Yahuwah God will raise up? Bible says, I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I command him. Venture to guess who this prophet is? 
who was the fulfillment of this prophet Moses spoke about, Acts 3, 20 to 22, and times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you, Yahushua, your appointed Messiah, for he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, Yahuwah, your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. So who became the fulfillment of this promised prophet during the days of Moses that was proclaimed by him. Fulfillment was who? Yahusha HaMashiach. And so there's this comparison between Moses and our king, Yahusha HaMashiach. And so time will come when this prophet will emerge and this prophet will be glorified. You know when this prophet, Yahusha HaMashiach, was glorified? Do you know who he was associated with? This Yahusha HaMashiach. Let's read the book of Matthew. 17, 1 to 4. Six days later, Yahushua took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Yahushua's appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Yahushua. Peter blurted out, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So what we read to you there is about the transfiguration. Have you heard about that before? The transfiguration? The word transfiguration means metamorphosis. It's transformation. And so what happened was Yahushua took his three close friends. Who were they, by the way? Peter, James, and... John, he takes them to the mountain, a high mountain, right? And while they were there, what happens to our King Yahushua's appearance? Bible says he was transfigured. He was transformed. And so his physical appearance changed. What became of his physical appearance? The Bible says his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as light. Isn't this similar to what the Apostle John wrote about? In the book of Revelation, right, concerning the appearance of Mashiach in heaven, it's something like this. And so our King Yahushua, before these three witnesses, before these three, uh, three apostles, he showed his physical form in glory, in full glory, right? While this was happening, all of a sudden there were two figures who appeared. And had a conversation with Yahushua. Who were they? Moses and who? Elijah. Moses and Elijah. Well, they were having a conversation with our king, Yahushua. I wonder, what was this all about? What was the transfiguration about? Well, before we can answer that question, we need to first understand why our king, Yahushua, took Peter, James, and John to this mountain to show them his glory. Why? What were they discussing before this? Well, it turns out if we go back just the chapter before, because it says six days later, right? What was the topic of conversation? 
what was the main thing that the disciples and the apostles were talking about. Well, let's go back to Matthew 16, 21 to 22. From then on, Yahushua began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord. He said, this will never happen to you. Do you remember this incident? Time came after a while, our King Yahusha began to speak to his disciples in plain English. Well, no, not plain English, plain Hebrew, right? He began to speak to them plainly, not in parables. He basically told them, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer in Jerusalem and I'm going to die in Jerusalem. But on the third day, I will be raised from the dead. <laughs> no one, Apostle Peter, heard this. What did he say? No, he will not let you go through that. Heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. And what did Yahushua say to him? Get behind me. Satan was speaking to the influence behind Peter, the invisible influence, uh, Satan. So we see here that the disciples and the apostles had a difficult time grasping the idea that Yahushua is going to die and then be raised back to life. Now, when you think about that, when he said that, that's a big thing, right? I mean, that's a very big thing because they were together with him. He was the Messiah. If he was truly the Messiah, he cannot die. And so they were thinking about that. Perhaps they were debating about that. And so it was time. It was time for our King Yahusha to demonstrate something to them because our King Yahusha, he works at our level of faith. They, the, the, the three apostles, they were still having difficulty wrestling with the idea that Yahusha, the Messiah, the Messiah will have to die. And so what did our King Yahusha do? He took them to the great mountain, right? And then he showed his glorious transfiguration. I wonder what they were talking about. Because according to the Holy Scriptures, when Apostle Peter, James, and John saw Yahusha, with Moses and Elijah, they were having a conversation. Do you want to know what they were talking about? What were Yahushua, Moses, and Elijah, what were they talking about? I mean, if we could only be like a fly on the wall or a fly on the mountain, listen in, eavesdrop. What were they talking about? What were Yahushua, Moses, and Elijah talking about? Because whatever they were talking about, that is of great importance. Because it was coupled with a transfiguration of a, a powerful demonstration of glory. And so, you know, the message attached to it must be something equally powerful. What was that? Well, we know the topic of interest at the moment was the death and resurrection of Yahushua. And so what were Moses, Elijah, and Yahushua talking about? Let's take a look. Let's examine now a different writer. We examine Matthew, the writer. Let's go now to the physician, Luke, a historian, Luke 9, 30 to 31. Then two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Yahushua. They were glorious to see. And they were speaking about his exodus from this world. 
which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. And so what was the topic of conversation that Moses and Elijah had with our King Yahushua? What was the topic? It's about his exodus. It's about his departure from this world. In other words, it was about his death and resurrection and eventually ascension. Did you get that? Resurrection, I mean, death, resurrection, ascension, all three. That was our topic. We're talking about his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, right? And so while they were having this conversation, what was the main point? What was it about? What was the purpose of our King Yahushua in showing his glorious form or his glorious body? Mark, another gospel writer, Mark now, 9, 7 to 10, then a cloud overshadowed them. And the voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and only Yahushua was with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves. But, I, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. And so obviously, the topic of conversation, the theme that led to the transfiguration was about the, the death and resurrection of who? Yahusha, our king. And even at this point, right, even after watching and witnessing the conversation between Yahusha, Moses, and Elijah, the disciples were still boggled by what that meant, that he would be rising from the dead. Because when you think about it, it was a miracle of miracles. First of all, the Messiah dying and rising from the dead. Now, what was the purpose of this transfiguration? It is to prove, to demonstrate to his apostles that indeed he was the son of God. Right? This is why they saw his glorious form, his glorious body that he would have when he ascends to heaven. And then he heard the they heard the voice of Yahuwah God and spoke, testifying concerning his son, that he is the dearly loved son of God. And so this would give a testimony, a powerful testimony for the apostles, because they would need that. They would need that powerful testimony to believe that Yahusha will die, but he'll be resurrected and he will eventually ascend. Which brings us to the question, why were Moses and Elijah there, right? Why were they there? Was it really them or was it a vision of Moses and Elijah there? We don't really know, but when you think about it, I mean, nothing is impossible with Yahuwah God, right? It could have been really Moses, could have been really Elijah. We know Elijah went to heaven, right? Moses died, Mount Nebo. Is it possible for Yahuwah God to resurrect them, bring them there? It's possible, right? Nothing's impossible with God. But it seemed more logical that this was a demonstration of the glory of our king, Yahusha, that incorporates aspects of Moses and Elijah's ministry. What was the ministry of Moses? It was the law. How about Elijah? He was a prophet. Remember what our King Yahushua said. 
I came here to fulfill the law and the prophets. So it could be that our King Yahusha is speaking to his disciples that he would carry out the law and the prophets. And to do that completely would require for him to die and to be resurrected. But they should not worry. Yeah, Moses died. Yahusha will also die. But Yahusha is the prophesied prophet who would be risen again. Not only will he be rising from the dead, Elijah went up to heaven. What do you call that? It's an ascension, right? And so what Yahushua is telling his disciples, yes, I'm going to die, but I also will be resurrected and I will ascend to heaven, just like Elijah ascended to heaven. Yes, I will die like Moses, but I will also be resurrected to fulfill the prophecy. He will die like Moses because he needs to fulfill the laws that was given by Moses to satisfy the requirements of the law. But even after he dies, he will resurrect. He will resurrect. Not only will he resurrect, he will depart from this world and go to heaven, his ascension, as depicted by the prophet Elijah. So it was a powerful message to take in, a powerful message to communicate. And this message that was communicated there in that high map is something that we need to grasp. Brethren, we need to understand our life here on earth is not all that there is. Our King Yahushua died so that we, just like him, can be resurrected. And eventually, we will also ascend to heaven, just like Elijah ascended to heaven. And for these disciples, it was the first time really for them to get to grasp that idea of someone ascending to heaven. And so departing or ex having an exodus from this world to go to heaven, it was something inspiring, something that we too can be inspired about. We will resurrect too, and we will ascend to heaven to be with our king forever and ever. This is what we need to hold dearly what we need to believe by faith so that we too can overcome the problems in this life, okay? That is our lesson for today. Let us stand and we shall pray. Everlasting Father, yes. almighty Yahuwah, our God, thank you so much for giving us your only beloved son. Yes, Father. Though we have yet to see him physically, yes. we have faith in him. Amen. Because we have faith in you and have faith in your words and promises. And so as we wait for that day when he will appear before us and we will go to him in the air. Father, we are prepared to overcome. We are prepared to endure. Only help your people. Because we know that that time is so very near. And so as we wait, help us to be stronger in our faith that we can live together with you yes. through your beloved son. Amen. Our King Yahusha, thank you so much. Yes. We belong to you. Yes. This is what we are truly proud of. Amen. We may not bear the fancy titles. We may not possess much authority and greatness yes. as recognized by the people of the world. But what we are truly proud of 
is that we are your servants. And so we promise loyalty to you. You are our leader. You are our teacher. You are our Mashiach. We believe when you return, we will be with you and be with you forevermore. Father, bless your people. Open our eyes. Help us to understand the wonderful truths, the wonderful promises recorded in your book. We believe, loving Abba, that you have listened to our prayers. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.